What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of Are We Going With Winging It? I think we go with Winging It. I like Winging It. It's going to stick. Yeah, it's going to stick. All right, well, welcome to Winging It. Uh, I, of course, you. am BC Prodigy 2.5, and I'm joined by... I'll let these guys do their introductions this week. I did it last week, so... Boys, introduce yourselves. Hey, aloha, ECFL. It's Ace here. I am Grizz. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Period. I don't do intros. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back this week. Obviously, we had the first episode with this crew uh, last week. And boys, did you catch any heat? I know I did from last week's show. You know, oh. like, like we said before, you know, if you're catching heat, you did something right. That means people are listening. So it's a good thing. Yeah, I caught no heat. No one cares about what I say. I don't blame them. And, uh, you know, no one's... I called out Shane Vendrell, but I don't think he's listening to this, so I might need a new rival. <laughs> I I got some heat from the Bone Town boys, and you know it took them forty five forty five like hours to respond. But they they do things slow over there in Bone Town, so I won't blame them for that. But I did catch heat saying that they weren't gonna win the Week One rivalry game, which they're not. They're not gonna win it. Chattanooga's coming away with that trophy. It's going to be a fun one to watch for sure. It's going to be a battle between two teams that have really shaped up really well. So um, maybe a game of the week type type game in that one. Exactly. And I got I also got to lead off by apologizing to Amelia Earhart and Ozark Valley, saying they were in the same state. They're not. And saying they're one of the only te- teams that share a state, they don't. In fact, there's Florida that shares a state with two teams. And the state that I play in, Tennessee, shares it, but no one really cares about Tennessee and AM, so it's all about Chattanooga and Tennessee, so we'll just forget about them. But Tennessee speaking A&M, you're getting called out. You're getting called out as being little brother right there. They are little brother. They until they prove otherwise, they're little brother in my eyes. But all speaking right. of what you talked about, Ace, about teams shaping up well, obviously teams have finalized their rosters for the most part. Let's talk Let's talk teams that have shaped up well towards uh, the end of this recruiting period. I mean, if you're going to start there, we got to go, you know, before we, our very first episode, we talked about overalls and it was based on only the overalls of the coaches. That was a really poor way to, to line everyone up. And then last week we talked about, okay, these teams are starting to shape up, but there's some that still have five or six spots left. Well, now the rosters are full. And if you're going to talk about um, top teams, I mean, now is a good time to start looking at overalls. And I'm just going to go right to the top. It just happens to be the team that I'm on, but it's Maui State, the highest overall in the league at 93.3. So, you know, they were Maui State Sharks coming out with a target on their backs, but uh, they've, they've assembled the best team by overall in the league. Right. I mean, I think all of us kind of discussed it last week when we talked about Cascade being that number one team overall wise that we thought there's still a lot of holes to fill on that roster. They'd probably come back down to earth a little bit. They did come down to earth losing that number one spot. They're sitting at 92.6 overall. But like you said last week, it's it's all point one point or less than a point between these top teams. Mm hmm. I mean, they go down in overall, but they sign four packs. So you tell me, did they really go down? 
I think they went up. I mean, if I'm the equipment manager for Cascade State, I'm pissed off at the coach for the amount of packs we're <laughs> gonna have to put on the back of jerseys. There's only so many different, so many P's that you have in uniform lockers, right? Maybe they're just rolling that, without nameplates on their jerseys. It's just numbers. That makes it easy, bro. Just a mass order from the nameplate store. That's how it works, right? <laughs> I guess. I guess. How about on the other side of the board, though? If we go to the the east over there, um, one that's standing out to me, and you you said you were catching some heat from them, but Bone Town looks like the best in the east over there with that ninety two point five and and they are stacked top to bottom with talent. So um, what do you think? Is Chattanooga going to put up a fight in that first week? Well, I mean, I look at this, and I'm obviously biased, but I think it's probably week one top offense versus top defense in that game. Uh, you're looking at Bonetown's defense. They're pretty well 99 throughout. Offense for Chattanooga, besides really myself, your top offensive weapons for Chattanooga is – all 99 or at least 90. Uh, so I think it's going to be a really solid game. It's going to all depend on if Chattanooga can get the ball out of, out before they get pressured by this defense. And if Bone Town can hold them and put up some points, it's, it's going to be a must-watch game, I think. I agree. I agree, definitely. So we've shouted out all of our own teams. You know, we've got that off the board. Let's talk about teams that we're not on um what's your favorite team that is that one of the three of us is not on so um not maui state not cascade not chattanooga what are we looking at the rest of the field here what do we like Ooh, that's a tough question i like a lot of teams after uh our teams i like uh you know what we just talked about bone town they're looking good i like amelia Earhart. Uh, i'm excited to see what they they can bring Central Texas, you know, they don't really have the overall, but they got a crazy freshman class. So even if it doesn't really go up this year, uh, I've heard of like, you know, like we're going to have progression or some type of system in the off season. So if that's the case, look out for Central Texas. I really like what they're building. Uh, you know, South of Alabama looks really good. So, I mean, I could just keep going. You know, I, I like a lot of these teams. And we don't want to make it sound like overall is everything. There's obviously surprises with teams who are less high ranked overall than other teams. And we still have to factor in the gems. I know me be personally being a gem, you got those 10 points to supply to attributes. I go up two overalls with just what I've been tinkering with right now. So these overalls can adjust maybe minor, but will go up depending on how these gems put their points towards. But I look at, you look at the East and Chattanooga was kind of that number two overall team for the most part. And overall what got taken over by Palm beach state who sit in a 91.2. Now they're one to watch for me in the East as well as Atlantic tech. And then obviously I hyped up them last week and we're going to continue to do it. Ozark Valley in the West is one that I think could shock a lot of people. It's one of those same thing that you said, Grizz, where the overall might not be there right now, but they're built for the long haul, and they're going to be a powerhouse, I think, here. If not surprising some people this season, but next year going on will be a powerhouse, I think. Yeah, and when we talk overall now, too, I mean, what are we talking? The The lowest one is 82, and the top one is, like, 
93, so 11 points difference between the entire league. So that's uh that's really nothing. Like it's so that'll be awesome though, because that'll that'll make uh, game plans will be super important and uh, coaching will be huge. Yeah, and I think we're going a little easy on some of these teams that are on the bottom side. I mean, we we everyone had. I mean, this is a wide open field for recruiting, top to bottom across your roster, and you. you Really, what we're seeing here is some of the the better recruiters have developed some of these better teams. But which are the teams? You know, we've talked about a, a lot about what we do like. What do we not like in these rosters? Ooh, that's who, who, tough. Who's struggling at the moment, and who's going to really struggle throughout this first season? Uh, I'm thinking Chattanooga's tight end. I'm not liking what <laughs> I'm seeing out there. I mean, he, he leaves a lot to be desired right there. So you're going straight to calling out players. I was kind of looking at teams, but that's fine. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's uh, what I want to see. Uh, I'm most interested in is like uh, freshman QBs, like Cajun Chris out there in Tennessee A&M. That, uh, you know, QBs a make or break position for the team. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, Cajun develops and Maybe some other freshman quarterbacks, if there is any. Trying to look at this list real quick. Yeah, yeah I agree with teams, you, Chris. Go ahead, Prodigy. I agree with you. It's There's a lot of people that I'm looking at, especially these freshman quarterbacks, I think are going to be um, really interesting to watch and see how they develop. Most of these teams, they're, they're getting the upperclassmen as a, at least a sophomore and as a quarterback. But you're looking at... Obviously, Tennessee A&M has one. Uh, Ozark has one in Jim Carr. Uh, you're looking... Bone Town has one, yep. There's a lot of freshmen out here that I'm excited to see what happens. The Armada, Justin Jackson's another freshman quarterback that you're looking at that could make some noise here in this league. Uh, I think there's a lot of freshmen that I'm looking at that it's looks like they're going to struggle because it's loaded on the bottom half. You're not prepared for this season as you got a lot of young guys coming in who've never had experience in this league, but I'm excited to see what these freshmen can do and looking forward to seeing kind of what the future of this league is going to look like. Have you guys thought about which of these rosters matches up best with the, the tendencies of the coach that is in place. And I know you guys don't know all of the coaches, but is there is there one that stands out more than another to you from what you do know? Well, I'm pretty I'm still pretty fresh to uh the other league too. I had just come in this season um in the other league. So getting to know these coaches, I'm still very early on in that, but I'll I'll go back to Bone Town cuz that's where I was at or with Bo and Ray in the other league, and I think they're set up for what they want to do, which is really stop teams defensively. They're going to load up on your defense and just punish you defensively, and they're going to score points, but their defense is going to keep you out of the game, and that's how you're going to win. So that's the one I look at for, in my limited experience in the league, is best suited for what the coaching style is going to be. Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, Panama State in that regard. Not really so much personnel. I don't really know how the personnel is going to match up to these coaches so far. Like uh, Prodigy, I'm kind of new to that. Been out of the game a little bit. But uh, 
I'd like that uh, B Mills gets himself a, an assistant who can come. He's just going to completely run the offense for him from what B Mills told me. Cause uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but B Mills in Miami was a great uh, defensive mind. So I, I really love that pairing. I think that's, that's a super interesting play to just give a guy, Hey, that's your offense. You know, it reminds me of like, remember the Titans. So it's just mm-hmm. like, you, you got that side of the ball. I'm going to leave you alone. So that'll be, that'll be a cool dynamic. Yeah, it should be fun, and we'll get to see it play out. Um, I'm looking at Palm Beach right there and just understanding I, I had teamed up with Assured Fame over there and, and some of the players, D'Amico Brewer, one of them in, in this last season in the other league, and I, I just think that he's he's recruited with very specific ideas about how he wants to run his, his offense and defense. So it's going to be fun to see. He doesn't have the highest overall, but I think he's well matched to, to the play that he wants to put on the field. Um, and then the last puzzle piece is going to come down to those playbooks. So I think we're going to talk about that too. Agreed. And, you know, I, I look at Ace, you had mentioned it before is who may look like a little weaker overall. And I think East Townsend is the perfect one to look at right now as you got three ninety nine overalls there. And that's immediately you look at, if you're looking at overalls, you're looking, that's not flashy at all, but it's going to be interesting to see what the coaching staff is doing there. You're looking at no upperclassmen. It's all freshmen and sophomores. So they're definitely built for the future, but mm-hmm. um, just what they're going to do going forward to, help round that team out or you're going to have some team, some players pack up and uh, really load up that roster right now. And it looks less than formidable right now, but definitely could switch around. So I definitely look at Townsend too, as that kind of uh, case study in a younger team that may not look strong right now, but watch them in the next two years explode to take over the league. Would you got a good Go strategy ahead. going too. They have two uh, safeties numbered 21 so you exactly want <laughs> you want you want to know who's doing what two out of the three ninety nine overalls are number 20 safeties listed at their number 21 so it's gonna be hard to game plan for number 21 when it's two players maybe those exactly. guys are just gonna have to battle to the death to see who gets 21 i don't know so there's uh, only another, 99 <laughs> uh, another team like that that i'm interested in seeing is a frontier I, i'm probably gonna butcher his name but uh Pavle Petrovic, we see him in chat a lot, so it makes sense. see what he can bring to the frontier. Um, I'm pretty sure he's on their coaching staff, and uh, that'll be an interesting one. Another team, uh, they're not really down there in overall, but I'm also excited to see Atlanta Tech. I really love their, uh, I love their branding. I love the cheetahs, and uh, if you were in CSBA, you know that their coach is uh, his his player's name's Cheetah Bird, so that's like super fitting. And uh, I'm excited to see that team. I mean, I'm really excited to see every team. I'm and I'm so excited to get some games rolling. We're getting, we're getting down to it here. We're less than a month away. We're so close. I think that's all of our kind of thoughts too. Is we're just ready for some football. Uh, we're ready to put the pads on and just start getting at it. Um, but I think it's it's going to be interesting right now. It's anybody's anybody's game. You can you can guess and you can rank teams all you want right now but it's it's anybody's league right now so we'll see what happens but i'm eager just like you said gris i'm eager to get going 
it's all speculation until you get to the coin flip and, and, you know, the kickoff. So we're having fun chatting about it. I did want to throw one more comment in there. Grizz, you had mentioned branding and, and just talking about graphics and that sort of thing. Another one that has really caught my eye and I'm so impressed. And I just wanted to, to mention it was Ozark Valley is putting out some super clean graphics for your players and all that. Loving those, those and keep cranking those out guys. Ozark Valley looking good. Yeah. It, I, as a fellow graphic designer, I always love seeing all the good graphics coming out of this league. So I, I'll take any moment to shout out good graphics. So congrats to those guys on doing such a great job. But let's shift our focus here on to, obviously, we're counting down the days to kickoff, but what's coming up next on the league schedule is the playbook draft on the 28th. So what are we thinking about the playbook draft? Well, I kind of heard that Grizz had some inside information, so I'm yeah, Black curious Paul, to hear what it is. He graciously hooked us up with a little bit of... You know, it might be common knowledge, I don't know, but he said a uh, playbook draft will be a lotto, which we knew that. So uh, he's currently figuring out, you know, he, he wants like a visually exciting lotto. It might just be a wheel spin. Who knows? Uh, details, further details are coming out on Wednesday. Uh, a team is going to have one playbook. And when you go to change your scheme or you, you go to change your playbook, it has to be within the scheme. So I'm assuming that means like if you run a multiple, you have to switch to a multiple. Right, okay. and that one playbook kind of thing kind of surprised all three of us with uh, how it's coming out. Usually, it's we were thinking probably two playbooks for each team, but it'll be interesting to see how much that changes now for coaches who were looking at multiple playbooks. Do they just start running sims with the playbook that they like? Do they go top three and hope that one of them is there? Kind of what is your your guys thinking as? go into the mind of a coach for this one of these teams looking forward to the playbook draft right now. That's, that's a hard one for me because I've never been involved in the process, but I got to imagine that, you know, you, you've got these teams. That's one of the things that I was asking when I was getting recruited is what's your defensive scheme. I'm a, I'm a cornerback. I want to know what your defensive scheme is to, because there's certain things that I like to play in and there's certain things I hate to see my guy play in. And so, you know, every coach that I talked to for the most part had an idea of what they want to run. So now they just got to find the right playbook to install that. Um, so I, I would guess that they have yeah top three, top four playbooks that they're gunning for. And, and uh, hopefully they're the, the one that fits their scheme is the one that's there available to them when it, when it comes time to pick. When it comes to defense, do you guys think we're going to see just a ton of like 3-3-5, 4-2-5? Or do you think we're going to see a nice mix? I think you probably put the nailed it on the head there, Grizz. You're going to see a lot of that 3-3-5, uh, 3-2-5 because of just how these defenses have been able to build. And when you're starting from scratch, you're really looking at how can we load up on each side of the ball. So instead of having teams that are pre-built for some of these coaches who are like, Hey, we got solid players at this point because this is how it was recruited previously. We can go this route. You're really going to be able to choose what you want to choose. And I think you're going to see a lot of the same defensive schemes. I got, you know, I, I got recruited by before I made my decision, I got recruited by five teams and 
it was actually spread out a little bit more than that. So I got a few different answers. I don't know how set they were in, in responding to me. I mean, they could have told me anything they wanted in recruiting, but um, there was a few other options out there. I won't, won't throw it out there uh, who it was or what it was, but I guess we'll see once, once the, everyone hits the field, what, what they're putting out there. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I haven't heard much on offense. I don't know. I think, I think everyone's kind of keeping that close to the vest, but speaking of offense, I went online, did some research prior to the podcast, and I'm not sure how much this has changed since revamp came into play, uh, but found the list of which teams have what kind of style of offense. You got the air raid, multiple single back option, pistol pro and spread 15 teams have that air raid. You're looking at Texas tech, West Virginia, Cal is just some of them in there. You're looking at some of these teams who may be loaded at that receiver position who are looking at some of those team, some of those uh, books. Get 28 in the multiple, uh, four playbooks in single back, four in option, four in pistol, 28 in pro. And then obviously everyone loves the spread. You got 40 teams in the spread. So it'll be interesting to see if anyone goes some of those specialty routes like the single back or the pistol triple style option. offense. Yeah, that triple, stat, that triple option as well is going to be out there. I don't know if we'll see that, um, you know, maybe this year. Uh, we'll probably see a healthy dose of spread, if I had to guess. I think uh, I think we'll see some multiple, though. A lot of people like multiple, so that'll be interesting to see. I know the triple option has finally been done. Uh, what do you guys think we're going to see? I, I know uh, Amelia Earhart, they, they don't get set into anything. They'll, they'll run anything. I think they've run pro style before or one back or whatever it's called or both, so. It'd be interesting what they run. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be heavy spread and mix of multiple. I know I'm running Sims for Chattanooga right now, and I've run a couple multiple playbooks. I've run some spreads, so definitely not going to tell you what teams we're running, but we're mixing it up a little bit as well and trying to figure out what we're what works best for our team. And the key has got to be finding the one that you get the le- the the least halfback screens in them, right? Those are killer. All right. <laughs> it's I think those the are league, the death of an offense. And then the league's like pretty fast, uh, like even defensive tackle positions. So I think screens are just going to get destroyed. It's it's always a big complaint, and there was nothing worse. Uh, having a wide receiver, you know, I, a couple of years back, my last player was a wide receiver and then just seeing these just 10 to 15 halfback screens. And it's like, come on, I'm a, let, well, the, let's, let's throw it out there. <laughs> the only thing worse than a wide receiver screen is a, or a halfback screen is a wide receiver screen. Cause it was <laughs> pick sixes right. a lot of the time. Right. Right. It gets nasty. But I, I do think we'll have um, – I know there's at least a couple teams that actually prefer to run. So, you know, that's going to be a nice little wrinkle too is seeing what kind of what kind of playbook and offensive setup they get in place to, to be able to accommodate a heavy run game too. So Exactly. And it's like I said, I don't know how much this has changed since Rebamp came into the picture, but Alabama's playbook is single back. So you're looking at a team that may have a – solid running back. I look at just looking at our list here, 
Ozark Valley, who has that 99 overall running back, do they look at pounding the rock and want to get a playbook that matches that style of play? Yeah. What about Cascade State, if we're talking halfbacks? We got Thomas Welsh on the board. We got Manuel Silva. You know, could get a little weird. You think they're going to run a, you guys are going to run a single back though? I don't know. You know, (laughs) (laughs) one of those running backs is transferring mid year if you're on single back playbook. (laughs) (laughs) I'll need some playing time. I have injuries we're going to be up, so we're ready to go if that's the case. Injuries? I'm just just kidding. No injuries. (laughs) I I am curious about fatigue though. Because that was kind of a, a running theme lately in the other league was fatigue. And, um, for example, my player, I was playing both ways. And I noticed that when I was playing halfback um, and cornerback, I would I would miss a significant portion of the fourth quarter and some important plays. But then when I went to wide receiver and cornerback, it, I wasn't missing as much. So fatigue is definitely a factor and just depends on where we're set as a league. Great. I heard your coach just Greg. sat you down in the in the clutch time. I think I that's all that was. Said about it. <laughs> should, have requ- should have requested a transfer. <laughs> I've seen some of that too, though, in my simming at tight end too. Is that fatigue gets gets you after a while? Like I've had a couple sims where the backup tight end has gotten more yards than I have, just because he's gotten more reps because of fatigue. So it'll definitely be interesting to see how that gets tweaked as we go on and. Uh, how it affects teams. So you're going to have some t- players who are really just stat hunting and are going to be frustrated with that fatigue. So we'll see what happens going forward with that. No, one book I've never seen ran uh, from what I've seen is Miami. And I've always wanted to see a team have two really good tight ends and try out the Miami, the Miami book. I couldn't talk Nick into it because Nick was more worried about winning, but I wanted to test it out. We all know how Nick feels about tight ends too. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't well, even think they're football players. They're just an extra lineman as far as he's concerned. Wow. Wow. I take offense <laughs> to that. Uh, well, yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell it. you guys that if if the thing if my plan goes the way I think it's going to go and I end up and having a team in this league, which I think a lot of people in this league that I've talked to who are new recruits are hoping that this league really takes off and we expand and we add teams and you have that shot to coach or have a team of your own, I would definitely look at running two tight end sets just as just to be different in the league for sure. Yeah. It's always fun to like try something out for a season. And if it's a disaster, uh, hopefully you just brought the right people on board to be like, okay, well we tried it. And then you, uh, you go for something more competitive the next year. And you want to be, we don't want a bunch of, cookie cutter teams in here too. You, you know, you want some uniqueness that, and that's where the different personalities come in. Um, all these different personalities bring a different flavor to the team. And you can do the same thing with the, your, your coaching styles, your, your defensive offensive setups. So um, that, that may be attractive to some people in the recruiting process too, is, Hey, we're going to run something totally different. The league has never seen, and, and we're going to try to make it work. I know uh, at USC, we did it with the triple option and it was, you know, it was a surprise to everyone when we made the playoffs with it. So um, it could be fun. Yeah, I think I think that 
uniqueness to a team is really attractive to, I know just speaking of a guy who's gone through two recruiting periods and three months, uh, that uniqueness is really just, it draws you in to a team to be like, Oh, well, we're going to do something special here. Let's, let's see what happens. So it's, it's definitely a benefit in the recruiting side. Yeah. I think your two points combined, like Ace talking about different personalities and you, so you want to chase the uniqueness. Some people might just want to, you know, Hey, I'm looking to run spread three, three, five, like let's chase this dub. You know what I mean? So I love that there's a, the combo, the mix. So that's what really, like Ace said, we don't want to just, everybody's running out of the same family of playbooks. Yeah. And then you got bone town, of course, who just hypes up their campus environment. And I'm surprised they haven't asked to have a halftime dance routine put in. And as as the mod goes forward, they bring a pole out to the 50 yard line and have a little routine at halftime. I'm not saying no to that. To <laughs> some of those player pictures they put, like the the people they put on those cards, you know, I'd be down. Yeah, I couldn't tell who was players and who was just fans. And some of those they're pictures. playing in the lingerie league over there. Is that I'm gonna going? get heat for that. I'm gonna get heat for that this week. I know it. Uh, anyways, moving on. Yeah, so I guess those were the two really big topics we had kind of identified going into this. Uh, I wrote this down last week. Uh, No research done. Um, So I think we covered, like, award winners, right? What about coach of the year prediction? Ooh. Ooh. Completely on the spot for us, No one's done research on this one. Are we all... Let's say you can't go for your coach too to make it exciting because I would go for slugs. <laughs> well, so what's the criteria? I mean, you got to look at recruiting, you got to look at uh, performance, and then just kind of uh, team spirit, league spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is so it, you think that's criteria. how they? That's how the voters would do it, hopefully, because that's, that's that's a great balance right there. That's kind of how I would look at it, um, you know, and hopefully everyone has that sort of mindset that. You, you don't want to just pick the winner of the league every year as the, as the coach of the year. You want someone that recruited well, built the team, has their team, you know, progressing instead of regressing and uh, someone that's pumping up the league and, and is visible and, and uh, supporting their team, league chat, locker rooms and all of that. Well, I'll go first and I'm going to, it was, it's between bone town, but they kind of have a two coach thing going. So uh, I'm going to go with, I really like how Central Texas got off. Uh, I like their, well, that's weird phrasing, but I like the start they got off to and they, uh, they got that staff and, uh, you know, they're, they're a super active team. You see those, like, they got all kinds of uh, team content going, like their ships going everywhere and like helmets. And so uh, I, I really like what they're doing. If they can get some wins too, I, I would like. I would like to see them. Uh, another team that, uh, you know, it, it's tough would be uh, Amelia Earhart too. So they they'd be right up there on my uh, prediction. I'm I'm surprised you didn't get recruited to Amelia Earhart as much as you mention them. <laughs> I don't know. I think I appreciate their uh, what they're doing out there. You know, hey. in the chat and stuff. They must be doing this... a good job. 
Does Cascade State have a Amelia Earhart sleeper agent in their midst right now? They might. Hey, I, I, mean, I he's said all over it. you can't pick your coach. If you can pick your coach, I'm going Cascade. See, you guys can't pick your coaches, but I can. I think both both the Stearns are, are high on anyone's list right now for coach of the year. But I also look at – you look at the Armada coach. That's another one who's – all, you're always seeing the Armada in league chat. Ozark Valley is another one I keep hyping up. And I might be an Ozark Valley sleeper agent <laughs> the way I keep talking about them. Uh-huh. But those – I think activity in league in chats too is – it's underrated in the eyes of a lot of the voters where it's you look at wins, you look at how they recruit or wins really, but how they recruit and league chat, I look at as kind of leading factors of you can be a great coach that knows how to game plan well, but what do you bring into the league just besides your one game a week? So what do you bring in to really elevate what this league is, is what I look at for coach of the year. So I think people who are active in league chat are, get my vote more than players or coaches who are getting winning performances on the field, but aren't. Yeah, that's, that's well said because if, uh, you know, and I mean, people got lives, people have different schedules and stuff, but if everybody was just a super good game planner and like never showed up in the chat, I mean, what kind of, what kind of place would we really have, you know? So it's all about the bonding and, you know, joking with each other saying your team sucks or you know this and that so yeah that's that's a that's a great point yeah and and when you think about league activity i mean i you you got um you automatically think about a guy like julian who is at chattanooga and i'll throw him out there i mean just he's got to be number one or number two on the on the ranking i'm sure he is but he's just always active he's he's a sociable guy and assistant head coach up there at Chattanooga. So, um, you know, you think about a guy like that that's pumping up his team. Um, you, you know who he is. He, he's a huge – got to be a huge help to Kane Elliott. So um, some good things happening there at Chattanooga. Yeah, I can always count, count on Julian. Give me some sort of reaction to anything I post in – the locker room or in league chat. He's always there finding these guys and he's reacting to everything too. So really active guy that we have on all of our coaches really at Chattanooga are super active. And obviously we can't pick, I can't pick them, but happy someone else did for sure. Yep. And then you, well, you know, you mentioned knocking too. He's another guy that's probably one or two right there at central Texas. So both of those guys are outstanding as far as I'm concerned when it comes to community and, and just, you know, being visible and pumping up the league. Uh, we're about 34 minutes. That's like the, you know, the money spot. So uh, I will plug this in before you wrap us up that uh, if anyone, again, if you want your ideas on here, you want to be on here, uh, it's super easy to do. You just talk in Discord and we get recorded by a, a bot. So easy, easy stuff. And if you guys listen this far, you're listening at all. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening and i'll just back on that grizz it's we we'll run out of topics to talk about real quickly before that kickoff in july so give us some topics to talk about too what do you guys want to hear us talk about what do you hear our i don't know if we're experts i don't think any of us would consider ourselves experts in the league yet but our podcast team perspective on i guess um 
we want to hear from you guys. guys talking, man. We're just a couple of guys talking. We want to chat with you guys. You know, if you want to join the show, let us know. We, we could we could throw a fourth in here into the mix. We can uh, throw some ideas at us, and we'll break down um, some some potential matchups. Whatever you guys' ideas are, we got a we got a month to go before there's some football. Um, so yeah, throw some ideas out. We'll chat about it. We'll give us we'll we'll throw our opinion out there. We'll try to stir it up in the league. So um, we we want everyone to get excited about this and and really appreciate. Um, all the hard work that's gone into this league. And, and really that's why we're here is, I don't know about you guys, but I'll say it. I, the reason I'm doing this is because I appreciate all the hard work that's gone into getting this started up. And I'll, I want to make sure that everyone stays excited about it and things like this are what do it. So help us help you. Exactly. Well, Grizz, you got anything else to say before we sign this thing off? No, that, that sounds great. I, that about covers it, you know? Well, I have nothing else to say, so I guess thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Winging It. Ace, Grizz, I appreciate you joining me here. It's been it's been a fun two weeks. I've looked forward to this since we recorded last week. I'm like, well, Ace, Grizz, and I had a great time, so looking forward to doing this with you guys going forward. And we'll see you, I guess, next week. Definitely fun. Aloha, ECFL, and go Sharks. <laughs>